I was encouraged this week. Uh, one pastor shared his heart about his, uh, his uh, ministry. And he has a very huge ministry now worldwide. But he started in his 20s. And, of course, you know, he was a perfectionist kind of pastor's pastor. So he had, he had it caused a lot of pain in the church. And, you know, I realized that as a pastor, I have to stand on the truth. I, you know, I know you notice that I'm very, very, very extremely intol intolerant of anything that disagrees with the Bible. I'm very intolerant with those things. And if you're tolerant with other views, it's up to you. That's between you and God. But at least someone in the church has to be intolerant with anything other than what the Bible teaches. Because we need, to, we need to come to the point as believers that we should be intolerant with any other ideas. Because the Bible says that we are to take down anything, any idea, any stronghold, any, any thought, any belief, any idea that is against the knowledge of God. In fact, in fact Paul uses the word tear down. It's like having a sledgehammer and bang, break that whole thing down. Because some people, some Christians are very naive. They are very naive. They don't have any idea that whenever something goes against the word of God, it's not a human idea. It's not a human thinking. It's evil. It comes from Satan himself. And we're so naive in thinking that we, it's okay to just believe in this, believe in that. You're dabbling with the with the work of the enemy. Remember, if in the Garden of Eden, what was the fruit that Satan enticed them? It was the fruit of knowledge. Knowledge. And what is the modern word for knowledge? Science. Not all things in science is bad, but remember that knowledge there contains two things. Knowledge of good and evil. And the world does not know that. They cannot even figure out which is good and evil in this world. Remember, remember Jonah? You know, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Why? Because these people in Nineveh, they don't even know from their right hand from their left. Right? They cannot tell which is right and left. And this is what's going on in this world today. This is what's going on in the world today. That's why we have to stand on the truth. I pray that you stand on the truth. Because the Bible clearly says that this is the truth. This is at the, this is at the base of everything. And we should not compromise. But this is my message today. I just want to share my heart. I just want to share a heart about this. And, and if you are, I know if you are, you feel that my message is harsh or you feel your heart is being pierced with a message, you have to praise God for that. You know why? Because it means your heart's still soft. Because the most dangerous thing for a person or any person is when your heart becomes callous. Meaning it's anymore, not anymore responding to the word of God. That's really a bad situation for anyone. It means God has already let you go. God is saying, you're on your own. You're on your own. I will, not, I will let you do whatever you want with your life for a time. So you don't want to come to that point, okay? It's, that's why when you feel hurt by the message, praise God. Because you have, still have an, a heart that's soft.
able to receive the truth. So we're going to talk about walking in the midst of God's purpose today. And the goal of this message is really, I just want, I want us to know, uh, I, I, I want all of you to know, and me as well, this is a message for me as well, that uh, how do we know God's purpose for our lives? How do we know God's purpose? Do you believe that God has a purpose for each of you? Hmm? Yes. Okay. I believe that was as well. I do believe that as well. But as I find in Scripture, as I read Scripture, I find two different kinds of purpose. Yeah, there's many verses that, that use it, that has the word purpose in there. I just basically search all those verses that has the word purpose. And I find two things uh, when it comes to purpose in Scripture. The first one is there is a purpose for each of us. I would call it personal purpose or, or individual purpose. But there is also a purpose that is, I would say, it's an overarching meta something, eternal purpose of God. It's the big purpose of God, the overarching eternal purpose. And let me give you some verses to just show you both. First verse there is, and found in 2 Timothy, it says there, to those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes. So, so God is saying that you as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, you are instrument of special, for special purpose, made holy, useful for the master, prepared to do any good work. So you can see clearly from that passage that there's a special purpose for each of you. In fact, you are compared to a vessel that's clean. And if you look at the context of this passage, Look at the context of this passage. It talks about us needing to get away, depart from iniquity. In fact, in verse 19, we are to depart from sin. In verse uh, 21, the context of the passage again, it says we are to cleanse yourself from what is dishonorable. In verse 22, in that same passage, it says you flee from youthful passions. Now, if you don't know what youthful passions is, you have, then you have, to, you have to figure it out yourself. If you don't know it, then you're not living in this world. <laughs> but this other passage shows something different. It says in Ephesians 1, this is the passage that uh, Kayla just read. Oh, no, not yet, the next one. This is chapter 3, sorry. Ephesians chapter 3, it says here, his intent, what, his intent was that now to the church, the manifold wisdom of God might be now made known might now be made known to the rulers and authorities of, of the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. So you see the word eternal purpose. And, and, and if you go to the passage that Kayla read earlier, part, the last part of the passage, it says there, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness until... Uh, time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. So, so in, this, uh, in this passage, these two passages, you find that this is talking about God's eternal purpose. And in this last part of this passage, this is really where God wants to take everything. You know, God did, has done a lot of things throughout history, and in the end, this is where he wants everything to go. This is his ultimate plan, his purpose, that everything, all things in heaven and on earth will be under, 
Oh no, it's not. We'll be under Christ. We'll be under Christ to unite everything under Jesus Christ. That's where God wants, uh, you know, He wants everything to go. That is His purpose. That is His goal. That is God's goal. So the question is, how do we determine God's purpose for our lives? I know this is a big question. A lot of you probably are asking, Lord, how do I know your will? And, and for those of you who have done experiencing God, you probably have some answer to that question. But, but, but let's try to look at this at a different angle in terms of God's purpose. How do I know God's purpose for my life? And, and you know, I believe that some of you, probably all of you know the answer. But I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it to you. So in both cases, in, uh, in both cases, let me go back, go back to those passages we just read earlier. The verse we just read in 2 Timothy, the verse we read in Ephesians, no human being determines purpose. No human being really determines purpose. Not even yourself. You cannot determine your own purpose, by the way. Nothing in nature or in human knowledge can dictate your purpose. It is God who determines purpose. You've seen that in those passages. It is His purpose. It's God's purpose. Your purpose is only found in the one who created you. Your purpose is only found in God. And if you try to find those, that purpose in something else in this world, in yourself or wherever, you will, you will just be searching for the rest of your life and you will never, ever, ever find it. Now let me give you an example. You know, I have this thing. I know some my, my nephews and my, my nephews know that I really enjoy life. And I'm, I'm those, one of those people that I don't, I don't usually buy the kits. I like buying pieces and make something out of it. And, and I, I think for a long time I donated my Legos to my nephew, so I still have a few left. Whatever few I have, I built whatever. So this is a, something I built uh, just recently, maybe two weeks ago. And if you look at this, you might be thinking, Al, oh, what's the purpose of that thing there? And what do you think this is? A robot, something? Huh? Oh, I was supposed to be the one to know it, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a perfect phone holder for my iPhone. Yeah. So, so be, be, before I even made this, <laughs> thanks for now. <laughs> that must be the punchline. <laughs> but anyway, I was, I was hiding the back part. It's like actually a, it's a holder for my iPhone. Gustrella took my official holder, so... So I have to build one for myself. So before this was even created by Lego, before I put together the first brick, I know what I wanted. <laughs> I needed a phone holder. Does this thing know what it's going to be? Probably not. No idea. No idea that this was, he was supposed to be a phone holder, right? It started with me. It started with me. I made a decision to make a phone holder and it's going to be a phone holder. It's not a robot or anything. Phone holder. It's, it has a hole at the bottom here where I can put the, the cable as well. Like a small, small hole. <laughs> so, so you see, this is a very simple example. But 
You see, the purpose is not found in, the cre in creation. It's found in the one who made, who, who created this. So it's found in the creator. Okay? Now let's go to a definition of purpose. Just, just, I, I, let's see if I have it here. Yeah. So, so purpose, the word purpose, if I go back to the original language, it's defined as set forth in advance or something that is predetermined. Uh, it's actually the word uh, prothesis. Prothesis. I hope I said that right in the Greek. And, and the definition itself, it's interesting that the definition of purpose itself tells us that the purpose, our purpose or any kind of purpose, predates the existence of whatever it is. Like, like our purpose predates our, our existence, meaning it's before our existence. Just like this Lego thing. Its purpose didn't start with this. It started with me prior to its existence. And if you, if you go back to Scripture, uh, and let, let's go to John 10.10. 10. I want to show some things first before we move on. You know, this purpose of God... God's purpose for you. Bible says that, Jesus, this is what Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. abundantly. In the Amplified Version, I'm going to read the, this, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Meaning, meaning this is what God wants for you when it comes to his purpose. He wants to give you a life that is full, that's full of joy, that's full of abundance. Abundance maybe, I, this is definitely talking about spiritual abundance. To the full and overflowing. In a sense, what, what God is promising to us, what Jesus is promising to us, that there's, a lot, there's this life of completeness, fulfillment, abundance. In a spiritual sense, we can say that you have, uh, you have accomplishments for God. Your time is well spent. You're making the most of every moment. You're making the most of every opportunity. Your life is full of joy. There's peace. This is really what God wants for you when he, when he talk about his purpose for your life. This does not mean that there will be no suffering. In fact, as a Christian, there's going to be suffering. There's going to be failures. There's going to be struggle. You're still going to struggle with sin. There are going to be difficulties. But what the Bible is telling us, that in spite of all this, you'll experience life to the fullest. That's why God's purpose is good for us. Because it is what will fulfill you. It, will, it, will, it, it is what's going to fulfill you. It's not going to bring you regrets at the end of your life. You're not going to regret it. You're not going to be the kind of person who at the end of his life says, I wish I live a different life. That's not going to happen to you. You're not going to live a life of emptiness. The sad thing is people in the world, that's how they live. Empty hearts, empty lives. You know, they think that they can be satisfied by education. They, can, they think they can be satisfied by power, positions. You know, they try to aim for higher things in life. But in the end, what they find out, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. They aim for wealth and money. In the end, they find out there's nothing there. But you know, in Christ, you will never, ever experience that. 
of course, talks about us needing to be faithful as well, right? To walk with Him. So, so I said last time that for those who are not in Christ, there's this void that they wanted, they want, you know, that 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 they feel that needs to be filled. Feel, feel that it needs to, that needs to be filled. But for a believer, that is already filled. That void is already filled. And I hope that's true for all of you. There's contentment already in your heart. You know that you found already what you've been searching for for all your life. I hope that for me every day that's my sense. You know, there's times when I even, there was one time I had a Bible study with, with Tate. It was just a simple Bible study with Carlos' dad. And we, we have this weekly Bible study. And there was one time he just understood what I was saying. I don't know, that very moment when he just said, I understand what you were saying. I felt at a moment so happy that I said, Lord, you can take me now. I'm ready to go home now. I feel so good. I want to go, go to heaven now. Take me now. I'm ready to die. I mean, I experience, I experience that kind of thing all the time. When I, in Bible study, in prayer, I mean, Lord, take me now. I'm ready to go now. There's so much, the fulfillment is over, over the top. The joy is over the top. It's beyond anything that I could probably experience in any, any other situation. That you feel you don't need anything in the world anymore. I'm done with this world. Ready to go. That's, that's the kind of joy I want all of us to experience. Now, how do we determine the will of God? That's really the question we're, not, we're, we're asking today. How do we determine the will of God or the purpose of God for our life? How do we know the, will, the purpose and the will of God? No, we often, this is sometimes how we pray. We would say, Lord, reveal your will to me, Lord God. I want to know you, my, my purpose, oh God. I want to know, Lord God, what do you want me to do? I, I, Lord, help me, help me. I want to know your will. And what happens when you pray that, those kinds of prayers? What happens? Most of the time, you don't get an answer from God. You don't get an answer. And what happens is, when you don't get an answer from God, you begin to be bitter, you're, you're going to complain, you're going to resent, and you're going to say, God, why are you not answering my prayer? I know this prayer is about your will. In fact, in fact I'm asking you to reveal your will to me, and you're not showing me. In fact, I'm asking you to direct my life. Why are you not directing my life? And so we get frustrated. The problem here is not that God does not want to answer you. The problem is you don't know God's ways. You don't know how God works. You don't know his, his strategy on dealing with us. Because first of all, God is not like you. He's not like us. His ways are totally different than what you think. His strategies are totally different than what you think. When you think of God like this, in reality, the way he works is 100 miles away. <laughs> It's very different, very different. Now, if we expect God's purpose to be something like this, you know, God is going to say, Carlo, I'm going to give you this piece of paper, and this is my purpose for you, Carlo, and I want you to read this, I want you to study this, I want you to do this, and I'm not going to give this to you, <laughs> but, but I'm going to say, Carlo, this is your purpose, then you're, and Carlo is going to go ahead and run ahead with, that, with whatever God has written, and going to say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. And God is going to say, Carlo, come back in six months and tell me what happened. Tell me what did you do with it. 
You know, some of us think that God's purpose is like that. We're waiting for a list from God. You know, we're, we're waiting for some instructions from God and say, uh, Carlo or Loida, do this, do this, do that, and this is your will. This is, this is my will for you. This is my purpose for you. Is that how we think God's purpose is, most of us? We think we're expecting a list from God. We're expecting a, a set of steps from God on what, he's, what we're supposed to do. And that's what I thought before. That's what it, I thought before. But the Bible tells, tells us something different. Sorry, I'm, I'm a bit slow because my, I forgot my glasses again, so I'm trying to decipher my notes. <laughs> when you carefully read Scripture, you find a different, entirely different kind of thing. God is not the kind of God who would just give you a list. God is not God, a kind of God who will give you a step one, step two, step three kind of thing. Because that's how humans think. That's what we think. That's what we learn in school. School is going to tell you, do this, do that, and you're going to have a result. You're going to step one to step five, and you're going to have a result. That's what humans think. But God is not like that. Far from that. And I'm going to show you a few verses. There's a lot of verses in Scripture, but... but I'm just going to show you three, and we'll grab some conclusions, out, get some conclusions out of, out of these verses. This is found in Acts 13.36. This is in regards, with regards to David. And, and God was telling David, David, uh, talking about, no, no, it was this passage is talking about David. And for David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, he fell asleep and laid with his fathers and so corruption. You know, that, that verse is a double, there's other, another blessing with that passage. It means that if God still has a purpose for your life here on earth, you're not going to die. <laughs> you're still going to live. So don't worry about your health. Don't worry about your whatever circumstance. If God is not done with you yet in this world, you're still going to be okay. If God is going to ask you to serve him until 90 years old, then you're going to live to 90. Because it says there, serve God's purpose. After he serves God's purpose, he fell asleep. <laughs> That's, that's the fancy word for dying in the Bible. <laughs> okay, that's, that's, that's David. Now look at this passage in Romans. And we know that if those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose again. You are called according not to your purpose, but his purpose. Hold on to this. And next one. Uh, Ephesians, this again the verse that Kayla read earlier. He made known to us the mystery of his will and his good to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put in the effect when the time reached its fulfillment to bring unity uh, to all, all things in heaven, earth, and, and under earth, under Christ. Meaning this was the verse we read earlier. Uh, let's see, 11 was, was my key verse. In him we were also chosen, having predestined, According to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity to the purpose, again, of his will. So his purpose, purpose of his will, purpose of God for David. There are three things you'll find out in this, just conclusions out of this passage. One, it's not about our purpose, but it's about his purpose, God's purpose. Second, how many purpose were there? Only one. There's only one purpose. 
Not many, just one. And lastly, the purpose of God is ongoing. When did it start? Since the foundation of the world. Since the beginning of time. That's when the purpose of God started. Now, bear with me on this because we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. So, so based on these three observations from those three passages, it's God's purpose. There's only one purpose. And the purpose is ongoing. It's in progress. How does this relate to our personal purpose? Well, how does it relate to my purpose? How does it connect? Okay, let me tell you this. Remember what David, he said about David? When David served his purpose, he fell asleep, right? Here's the thing. There's really no personal purpose. There's none. You have no personal purpose. You have to accept that truth because that's what the Bible teaches. You have no personal purpose outside of God's eternal purpose. Your special purpose is embedded. It's embedded within God's eternal purpose. Now think about this picture. You, remember, you notice those, uh, they call it picture mosaic or photo mosaic. Like you have this big picture of someone. But if you look closely, it's a combination of small, small pictures. And I think you would think it's, it, this is, I think, close to, that image is probably close to what we're reading here. That God has this big picture purpose, and it's only one purpose. But if you look closely in this big picture, your, your own purpose is actually part of that big picture. It's part of God's big picture purpose, eternal purpose. Just, like, just for instance, our body is a good example. We have one body, but, but our body is composed of many parts. So the whole body, my whole body is, part, is God's purpose, and my personal purpose is just part of this body. So even our personal purpose is really part of God's purpose. So what are we supposed to do if we are simply part of God's eternal purpose? We're embedded in God's purpose major, all one purpose of God. What are we supposed to do? Our job is to align to his purpose. It's to align to his purpose. What does it mean? We need to be able to see his purpose because his purpose is already ongoing. It's happening now at this very moment. We need to be able to see his purpose. We need to be able to have a full view of his purpose. See everything what he is we might, we might not be able to see everything at one time, but at, at least have a good view of his purpose. We need to be able to, to um, understand what he is doing, his purpose. Our hearts need to be able to desire. We have to desire his purpose. And when we see God's purpose, when we understand what he is doing, when our hearts desire what he is doing and his purpose, our responsibility is simply to join him. To be involved with what he is doing. Now let me, I know this is a very probably abstract idea. So let me illustrate, uh, give you an illustration. Remember the story of Nehemiah in, uh, uh, in chapter 3 of Nehemiah. You know, Nehemiah and, uh, and, uh, and the Jewish uh, exiles, 
you know, they were asked, uh, they, were, they were now returning back to Jerusalem. Uh, this was the time of Xerxes. And, and they were, God has, has blessed the king of, uh, has blessed Nehemiah and the Jews uh, with, uh, with the blessing of the king. Or the king, uh, the king decided to provide all materials and resources for Nehemiah and the Jews, the exiles, to rebuild the, the walls of Jerusalem. Remember the story, that story? And, and so all these people from, from, from Persia, the Jews from Persia, returned back to Jerusalem and they began rebuilding the wall. That was their purpose. That was their main purpose. That's their goal is to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And, and what these people did is all of them just aligned to God's purpose. All of them just decided to leave their jobs and, and, and do this work because all of them wanted to get this done. They all decided to, 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 to move, you know, their residents just to be able to do this. So they, they, had they did some sacrifices there. But there is one purpose was to rebuild the wall. And so when they started rebuilding the wall... Each, all of them were involved, by the way. Each family, they took on a responsibility. Some family would, would start, you know, rebuilding a section of the wall, start laying down the stones. Some families were in charge of guarding. They were holding spears and swords and bows because they were being attacked by outsiders. So they, they, while they were rebuilding the walls, there were people outside protecting because there were outsiders trying to stop them. And also some, some of the people, they, they rebuilt the gates, the doors, the bolts, the bars. So each of, each of them took on a responsibility in rebuilding the wall because this was their main goal. And each one of them had a role, had a specific purpose within that big picture, right? Now let me ask this question. If you were a Jew during the time, seeing this, and you came in late, you arrived late and you saw everyone working on the wall, all your brothers working on the wall and sisters. And are you going to sit down and say, God, what is my purpose? What should I do with my life? And you're seeing everyone working around you. That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> if you're in the right mind, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Grab a brick, start working. <laughs> Start working. Find an open spot on the wall and start fixing that. Find a broken gate, start fixing that gate. You just start working. No, you don't have to ask God. You know your purpose right away. Without even thinking, you know your purpose right away. And the reason why we don't know our purpose is because we don't know what God is doing. We cannot see what God is doing. Because once you see what God is doing, there's so much to do. Overwhelmingly, so much, so much, so much to do. I was working on a spreadsheet. I, I'm like, I like spreadsheets. And, and I've been working on a spreadsheet to just get a sense of what we do, what we want to do as a church, looking at all our ministry and the future things we want to do. So overwhelming. So overwhelming. Just think of our finance team, the things we need to do there. Think of the building fund. Think of those ushers. Think of the IT side of things. Think of Randy's job with the venue and now property custodian, by the way. And also we got, we got, our, uh, we got our new guy to hand, 
our new leader for the sports ministry, which is David. So he's going to help out with that. We're going to have bowling soon. What else did we talk about there? I don't remember, but yeah. So just think about this. Sunday school ministry. Then we still have future stuff that we haven't had implemented yet and we're wanting to implement. So it's just so overwhelming. So if you're just going to open your eyes and you, when you begin to see God's purpose, what he's doing, you exactly know what you want to do because your heart is just going to say, I'm going to help out. I'm going to do this work. I'm going to be involved. So you see the importance of being able to see what God is doing. Amen? Amen? You agree to that? Because that's, this is how you will be able to know your own personal purpose. It's not a separate thing from what God is doing. It is embedded in what God is already doing. We don't discover our own purpose, by the way. We don't try to figure out our own purpose. It doesn't work that way. All we have to do is just find out what God is doing. And when you see what God is doing, all you have to do is simply join Him. Be involved with what He's doing. Did you know that this is how Jesus worked? If, if, if you're not uh, convinced with this, I'm going to give you that verse. This is exactly how Jesus worked. And for those of you who are experiencing God, don't, don't, don't destroy my thunder, okay? Because <laughs> you know this already. You know this already. Let's read this, let, let, let me read this to you. This is what, how Jesus worked. But Jesus answered them, My father is working, says there, until now, and I am working. He said, my father is always working and is to this until now. It talks about God's ongoing purpose, meaning the father is always working and it's ongoing. And he says here, this was, this was why the Jews were asking all, all the more to kill him because not, not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equally God. So let's just move on from that passage. This is where I want to focus again. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing on his own accord. He had no personal purpose. The son can do nothing in his own accord. Nothing on his own. But how does this work? He said, but only what he sees the father is doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. Whoa. This is a totally different guiding principle that we're not used to. This is not how the world thinks. This is not how we normally think. Imagine Jesus. He said, I cannot do anything on my own. I have no, on my own, I don't have any personal purpose apart from God. Only what I, what I only do is what I see the Father is doing. That's, that's true for Jesus. This is true for each of you as well. This is the reason why when you come to a church, a new church or wherever, you're, a new, new per, new, you're new in a place, and, and when you see the church and, and you, you come to the church and you realize that, oh, wow, God is at work in this church. I, I know God is here. I know God is doing something amazing in this church. And what's your response normally? You would say, oh, I want to take part in this. I want to be involved in this. That is really how it works. I'm running out of time. Let me just go to the end. 
Because how does this work in a practical sense? Here's the thing. You need to be able to see God's purpose, what God is doing on a moment-by-moment basis, on a daily basis. Never take an eye off what God is doing. Because here's the problem. The Bible says we live in a dark world. And I, want, I just want to illustrate this for dramatic effects. Ariel, can you close the light? Oh, no, there's another light. <laughs> no, that's okay, that's okay. Yeah. We live in a dark world. Bible says that the world is in darkness. So imagine this is a very dark place, and you, still, you just have a small candle or light. How do you walk in this dark place? You have to carry the candle all the time, right? You have to carry the light. I cannot just let, put it down and start walking, right? What's going to happen if I do that? I will stumble, I will fall, I will hit something. And this is what happens to us Christians. When we fail to carry the light of Christ every moment, fail to look at God's purpose every moment, His will every moment, we lose sight of God's purpose. Can you open the light again, Joey? We lose sight of God's purpose. It's not something you're going to say, God, I, want, I know your purpose. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to do this on my own. Once you begin to let go of that, bang, you fall. You stumble. You fail. You forget what God wants you to do. Because the Bible says that we live in a dark world and Satan is the prince of darkness. There's all this word of lossless, darkness, blindness, meaning without looking at God's purpose every moment, you're like walking blindfolded in this world. And if you're blindfolded, can you accomplish anything? Probably not. That's really what what we find in this word. That's why in Psalms 119, we are told that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meaning you cannot see God's purpose if you're not looking at God's, or you cannot see your purpose if you're not looking at God's purpose every moment. And you know, you know that the God's purpose is not a task. It's not merely a task. It's not merely a goal. It's not merely an accomplishment. God's purpose is a person. God's purpose is a person. And this is my last passage. Make known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he has set forth in Christ. God's purpose, by the way, is Jesus Christ. And your job as believers is not to figure out what your own purpose is or what, where, where, where God wants me to do. Your purpose is simply to look at Jesus Christ every moment, every second of your life. It's to look at him. Every moment, every second of your life. What does this mean in a Christian life? The Bible says that we are to walk with Him every moment. And as you walk with Him, you are able to accomplish the purpose that God has for you. And you're able to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish, the the big picture, you're being part of that. The big picture purpose of God. And what does it mean to walk with Jesus? Spend time with Him. That's why we are called to meditate on His Word day and night. To pray unceasingly, to fellowship with unbelievers without giving up. We are called to call upon Him, to to present a request to Him, to study His Word, to know Him. All these things that we do 
is what we do to walk with Jesus. We want to spend time with him, get to know him, be intimate with him. And as you draw closer to him, you get to know him, you begin to accomplish God's purpose. It's not a list, but it is a relationship with Jesus. And what's even more amazing is that Jesus is not going to give you a list and say, hey, Carlo, do this, do that. What he's going to do is he's going to transform you as a person. He's going to transform your character, your thinking, your priorities, your goals, your ambition. Everything in your life is going to change that to the point that you are now doing the purpose of God without you even trying. Without you even trying hard. It becomes your second nature. It becomes part of who you are. God is not just going to give you a list. He's going to make you a person who accomplishes his purpose. That's really what it is. It's not about a list. It's not about a to-do or to-do, not-to-do kind of thing. He's going to make you a person that accomplishes his will and purpose. And the only way he's going to do that is, going to, is through his son. That you become like his son in character, in nature, in everything. Let us pray. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us, Lord God, that our purpose is found in you. And Lord, thank you, Lord, that, that this is not something we have to do on our own, oh God. That we, we don't have to struggle this on our own strength and power. Lord, it is through our walk with you, through our relationship with you, Lord Jesus, that we come to know your purpose. Because what you'll do, Lord Jesus, is to transform my heart, transform our lives, and make us the person, the kind of person, Lord, that accomplishes your will, that accomplishes your purpose. Transform the hearts of my brothers and sisters that they will even walk closely to, with you, Lord. Closely with you. Knowing you more, Lord God. Loving you even more. Deepening the relationship with you, Lord. Seeking you first in their lives, Lord. Faithful, O oh God, to every commitment they have in you, whether it's in the ministry or their time with your word. Or, or their time in prayer, or their, their service to their family or friends, and even in this ministry, Lord. Lord, help us to walk closer with you. And as we are being transformed with you, your will is more and more, your purposes is more and more being accomplished in, my, in our lives. Lord, I know we're going to experience the joy, fulfillment, fullness of God, who you are in doing this, Lord. 